Welcome to the Promo Cares Radio Podcast, where we share the stories about the good being done in the promotional products industry. From philanthropic efforts to cause marketing to giving programs, these are the people who are inspiring others to improve the world through promo. To learn more about Promo Cares, visit promocares.org. Now, on with today's show. Hi, everyone. It's Roger from Social Good Promotions back in the host chair today. I'm very excited to bring this discussion with Jay Wilkinson to all of you. Jay is founder and CEO of Lincoln, Nebraska-based Firespring, an integrated marketing solutions firm. As a certified B Corp, Firespring was featured by Inc. Magazine as one of the America's 50 best places to work, and they have been on the Inc. 5000 list of America's fastest-growing companies seven times. Jay is an entrepreneur and innovator who's started 22 companies. He's acquired 16. He's been an angel investor in 25 startups and founded, co-founded, or helped start seven nonprofit organizations. As a philanthropist, Jay has raised millions of dollars for nonprofits, and today Jay focuses on his role at Firespring. He also sits on several nonprofit boards and is an avid supporter of programs that provide leadership and enrichment training for America's youth. Jay's been among the highest ranking speakers at conferences all over the United States for two decades, and that's where I first encountered him. He's informed and educated more than a million people with his empowering messages to nonprofit professionals and his inspired encouragement of business leaders to adopt a purpose-driven business model. In 2014, Jay led his company to become the first B Corp in Nebraska, and his TEDx talk on company culture has more than 1 million views. He's a graduate of MIT's Entrepreneurial Master's Program, and he's appeared on CNN and other national news outlets discussing the important role nonprofits play in the U.S. economy. In his spare time, Jay can be found adventuring with his wife and traveling to far-flung destinations on a quest for the perfect scuba diving location. It's a really insightful and informative discussion as we consider what we all might do in 2020 and beyond to make the world a better place. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Give it a listen. What we just saw in the last couple of weeks with PR Week announcing their Purpose Awards and giving that to Black & Decker and then, you know, the, uh, Carol Cohn coming out with that article about the 10 Purpose Principles. And I mean, I think I even saw an article about the American Networking Association or um, Advertising Association uh, said that brand purpose is the marketing word of 2018. Like, where do you come out on the pace of this? Is it is it just me who sees it as being uh, an increase in the pace or, or where, where do you come out on it? No question. It's increasing. Awareness is continuing to elevate um, exponentially in the last 18 months and continues to do so. And, and I was at that Purpose Awards um, ceremony and, and spoke with a lot of folks there. And that is the sentiment of the community of branders, professional marketers and branding um, experts that, uh, that that really are focused in the space of understanding how to attach brand to purpose. It's, uh, it's elevating at a, at a pace that I've never seen. Gosh, and you know, when, when we started looking at this from the promotional products industry perspective, we wondered if maybe we were not yet um, early, if we were, we were thinking maybe we were a bit early, but in reality, what it feels like is sitting here in November of 2019 and kind of looking back at the year that's been, and to your point, even the 18 months, we don't have to look nearly as hard any longer to find news to report to the community about things that are happening. And yeah. to me, that's the biggest 
emblem a representation you know of of the fact that we are in a new era of things instead of talking about a someday if it feels very much like someday is upon us yeah oh no question i i've been i've been fall on that on that trail personally not just professionally um the uh, quandary that so many of us find ourselves in the someday you know that we've all been guilty of saying someday too often in our lives around certain things. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, we're at a, we're at a place with the, with the changes that have happened, um, in the oft talked about millennial workforce, um, right. Uh, that I think is sometimes, uh, talked about too much because, you know, we're all, we're all humans. We all make decisions independently, not based on what year or era we were born in, but the, 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 the facts are clear that people in business today that are say under the age of 35, the vast majority are, are no longer interested in buying products and services from companies that um, exist for the sole purpose of shoving money into the pockets of the shareholders. And people in that same age group don't want to go to work for companies where they don't feel a personal sense of fulfillment, where they don't feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves. It's a huge transition. Yeah, yeah, boy. And, you know, Jay, thank, thank you on behalf of the community for being able to come back from your perch and say, guys, girls, it's time, right? I mean, that's, we're yeah. doing everything we possibly can to try to impress upon our community the sense of urgency around not waiting, right? Yeah. And, and being in a position, especially where we are in the calendar, you know, depending on the size of the organization, you're giving some thought to the year coming up and what you may or may not want to do with the money you may or may not have in the year coming up. And you know, what we're trying to, to literally with our hair on fire say to people is the time is now to be think like, if you're going to wait a whole nother year into 2021, you're just going to miss out on an opportunity that in this flashpoint of a moment would really be foolish. Not, not to take one moment to think about. Right. So so from both sides of the conference, I mean, the good news is, like, I thought it was really smart the way that you organized it by putting the for-profit businesses together and letting them noodle on things early in the year and then taking that information that you gathered from the work product that happened in the spring and then addressing the nonprofit community here in the fall like we just finished. So talk a little bit about some of the highlights that you saw in the course of those two events and things that you think might be of interest to the community. Well, there is, a, there is no question, um, two things, both around, you know, ocean or water, you know, motifs. One is, um, there is a rising tide. Um, uh, and, uh, it, it's, it's not even a question as to whether or not it exists. It, it's clear in the numbers. Um, as of May of 2019, just you know, earlier in this year, uh, we, uh, hit the threshold of around 10,000 businesses, for-profit enterprises who are registered in their state as a benefit corporation or um, a certified B corporation as certified by B Labs, the nonprofit out of Philadelphia that certifies you know, such enterprises um, that are licensed and registered as a 1% for the planet company um, and, and or a combination of you know one or two or three of those. The uh, 
the, the numbers clearly show just even five years ago, that number was less than 3000. Right. And we expect what, what we're, what we're seeing a trend with the hockey stick start. We're at the front end of that massive hockey stick that we're expecting to have like a hundred thousand or more. And we're referring to those as do more good companies. If they're collectively doing one of those things and they've, they've, they've said that this is the path they're going to take. And a lot of those companies are, um, are inspired by the conscious capitalism movement, the idea behind the triple bottom line, that it's not yep. just about the economic, but also the social impact and the environmental impact of our decisions. Um, but it is, it is happening fast and furious. And uh, I, I'm not one necessarily to believe in fear motivation. Um, it, it's always kind of made me feel a little bit icky to think about sure. trying to motivate people by fear. Sure. But man, if that's what it's going to take, if people <laughs> realize that their businesses are not going to be around in five years, if they don't understand this basic premise that they have to focus as much on their why as they do on their what, and they have to make sure that that's reflected in the way they run their business inside out, not just outside in, not only in the way you look to your, your customers, but in reality, how you behave and how you act inside. If, if we don't figure that out, we're not going to be around. We're just simply not going to be in business. And, you know, across everything that I've seen, and I've been in and around the promotional products business my entire life. Um, I, I started a printing company back in 1992. And of course we, um, we, we got, we put a toe in, into that space a little bit back in the day. And, you know, with, with the fear and the threat that I've seen of um, aggregation that's happening in that space where, you know, it's just getting, you know, the number of people that make that a profession are getting you know, fewer and fewer every year. Um, there, there is no better point of differentiation than to use um, your why and your purpose as a differentiator for creating alliances and partnerships with, the, with people that want to do business with people that are out there to make a difference with their business and, and it, why anybody would not take the path of becoming a purpose-driven business or a do more good company, whatever we call it. I, I Having the number and frequency of conversations that I'm able to have with folks who are considering what we're talking about, you know, I, I don't think the, the friction point or the, maybe the bottleneck isn't necessarily uh, someone trying to refute the notion that using their business for good somehow is a bad idea. What I think a lot of people are struggling with is coming to an understanding of what that would mean for their own business yeah. in a way that they could tangibly and, and outwardly represent that not only could be a reflection of their actual brand, but be something that wouldn't be revealed for being a phony, right? And that, yeah. that's ultimately yeah. what we're saying, Jay, is like, I know I need to do it. But in reality, I'm not exactly sure where that journey is going to take me, nor am I co entirely comfortable with the fact that that's what we're going to have to do. Yeah. You raise incredibly valid and, and poignant points, and it's exactly why uh, we, we and, and myself and several other uh, leaders around the space have created this Do More Good movement that, that right. we're focused on. It's exactly why. Because there, there's a, a need for... Um, understanding and education and examples around how others have walked that path, how others have figured out how to do it. Um, and, and more importantly, what the ROI of that has been. Right. And because there's a misperception that exists with a lot of people that 
principles of doing more good in the world or whatever, what, however you refer to it, that that means you have to give all of your profits away to nonprofit organizations. You right. have to, um, it's, it's about philanthropy or whatever. And, and those things are important and they're valid and they're helpful, but that's not what it's all about. It's about doing the right thing for people in and around the business and not just the employees, but the people that are partners and part of that ecosystem. Uh, like I know, for example, um, one of the things that prior to becoming a, uh, a B corporation at my own company, there were some conversations that happened with my, um, my, my employees on the front line when we would have a big project and let's say we used an outsourced provider, maybe it was a promotional products kind of thing. And you, you bought 10,000 key fobs or keychains for a conference or something and it wasn't produced right, or there was an error or a mistake or something. I, I remember a couple of times coming across people in our team just like railing on a vendor, you know, just upset that and, and expecting them to, you know, fix everything now and at your cost and blah, blah, blah. And um, until we started seeing our vendors more like partners to our business and treating them with the respect that we wish to be treated with when we're, um, you know, talking to our own customers until we, we flipped that switch. We, we truly didn't develop the kind of relationships and partnerships with vendors where they had our back um, and they would work with us on timelines if that was an issue or cost, if that was the issue or whatever, but immersing ourselves and really understanding how to be good to people, how to talk to people and how to, um, respect every aspect of our ecosystem. Again, not just the employees and not just the customers, but the, um, the vendors and the partners as well. Everyone. That was a transformative thing for us. And then, you know, on the surface, it sounds like, yeah, okay, well, I get it. We should all know that, right? But um, as, as organizations like ours grew, um, you know, when, when we, in the early days, when I was 15, 20 employees, everybody knew that. Right. Um, but now we're close to 200 employees and, um, and I don't, I don't even know the names of some of the people that have been here for less than a month. Right, you know, right. Um, and I don't have the ability to affect and, and, uh, and really work with them to the level that I would want to. And even in smaller organizations now that it, it's, you know, we're more distributed, we're more working with remote teams and um, we have to do a better job educating our own people to understand what it means to, to be a purpose driven business and, and, and how how that applies to every aspect of our of the way we do business. It's such a it's such a flashpoint. Um, we we highlighted. I uh, wrote wrote a piece of content earlier this year about brand values, and you know everybody comes to work every day for the most part, by and large, to do the best they possibly can do at work every day. We we don't. We, we give everybody the benefit of the doubt that that's the way they're approaching their work. And we expect that that's the case. And most of the time humans live up to that contract. But what we realize is oftentimes there's breakdowns in values within an organization when the person hasn't been communicated with clearly about organizational values and how that plays into their individual decision-making mm -hmm. about the job that they do. So in those instances where that value of the organization hasn't been properly communicated, what happens is the person fills in the gaps with their own values. Yep. And sometimes the values of the person are not in alignment with the organizational values. And it doesn't make that person bad. And in reality, in a default situation where you're left to your own decision-making, chances are you're going to default to your own values. 
But if you've not given your employee base an opportunity to clearly understand how to apply your values in those instances, stuff like what you're talking about has a way of rearing its head. Yeah. It sure so, does. Yeah, for sure. And so like that was, I was, I was going to ask you like uh, B Corp status, um, not, not necessarily B Corp in, in, a, in its own way, but what we've seen is these purpose-driven organizations, when we interview them frequently, what they tell us is it made it easier to hire employees. It made it easier to find their vendors that they want to do business with and actually even sharpened up the prospects that they would consider doing business with because now they had a better understanding of who it was that they really wanted to do business with from a values perspective. Has that been consistent with what you've seen? No question that that has been consistent. It's allowed us to really, and it's been a, a journey of, of new discoveries and of learning. I'm a huge believer in the value of R and D, which I say stands for rip off and duplicate. It's, <laughs> right. There are so many great principles and practices and ideas and um, lessons, both, you know, losses and gains that companies have had that we can learn from. And uh, it, especially as it comes to this whole purpose-driven ideology and running a business in, in that way, um, there's a, so much we can learn from others that are doing it. You know, the grandfather of the whole um, movement in my mind is Yvonne Chouinard, the founder of Patagonia. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, 2002 when, uh, when he created 1% for the planet as a way to like set down the standard that Patagonia stands for something. 1% of our entire top line revenue from this point forward will go to environmental causes. And there are now several thousand companies around the world that, that are part of the 1% for the planet movement. And then in 2006, um, certified B corporations were formed and, uh, um, that, that became even a, um, a, a more rigorous standard because now you have a third party that comes in and uh, investigates, evaluates, and, and certifies a business to become eligible to become a B Corp. And so there's uh, a, 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 even a more difficult standard to reach. But the thing that I think a lot of people don't know about, and I, I'd like to make a point about something that I think is really important, is, this, is, a, is a framework called benefit corporations. Benefit corporations, is, it's a status that is available to um, any business of any size. It can be an LLC, a C-Corp, an S-Corp. It doesn't matter how the company is structured. In 35 states in the, in the United States, including the states where many people have uh, registered their business, like in Connecticut or Nevada and, and places like that, um, where they have really great incorporation laws and a lot of businesses use those. But in 35 states... There is now benefit corporation status available in those states, which means that um, if I apply, it's about a $49 application fee in most states to become a benefit corporation. All I have to do is say that when my board or my decision-making body, the leaders of our business, when they, when we come together and we make decisions, we will take into consideration the environmental and social impact of our decisions, not just the economic impact. Right. And we will publish something once a year that says, this is what we're doing. But it can be a paragraph. It can be a sentence. But just say, this is how we're applying that. That's all. That's, it's really simple requirements. And there's no vetting body. There's no one that has to step in. But it's a, it's a big step in telling your community, your clients and others, that we believe that business should be something that, that collectively tries to rise the tide. We're in this together. Um, we want to help our communities more deeply. 
And it's a simple step that anyone that at any level of any business, even if you're a sole proprietor, you can take that step. Um, and uh, it's available in, in most states in, in the country right now that the remaining states are still working on passing legislation. Um, and I think, it's, I think it's an important thing that people should look into in their state. You can find tons of information just by searching for how to become a benefit corporation. Right. Type that into a Google search and you'll find all the information you need. That's a, a, a nomenclature change, but you know, there, there's a lot of culture that drives that decision-making. And oftentimes uh, that culture is a reflection of the attitudes and the beliefs of the people within the organization. Um, one, of the, one of the easier things that we've seen um, in, in uh, those instances where people have approached us to say like, hey, you know, how, how might I best get started? And, you know, we frequently will reduce it down to like just a series of sticky notes. Like, what do you think as an organization you all do well? Put those on green sticky notes. What do you think you do? Not perfect, but okay, yellow. And what things do you think that you could improve on red? And if you have everyone within the organization just put those sticky notes up, chances are you'll find some things that people are passionate about within those yep. notes. And that is oftentimes the framework for the beginning of a move towards something like a benefit corporation. What other small, low-hanging fruit opportunities do you see for folks who might be vibing on what it is that we're saying? I think, I think one of the other things that's really important, um, even in really small organizations, like let's say you have five, five or fewer employees or team members that are part of an organization or business, even in small enterprises like that, um, and even actually more so in businesses like that, but up to, you know, if you have 5,000, you know, down to five, you have to make sure that when you start to take steps forward, that everyone involved in the enterprise feels, um, and not just feels ownership, but has ownership in right. the, in the steps that you're taking. And we, I think, I think the biggest times that I've seen companies, where there's really good intention where they haven't been able to follow through on that good intention and manifest into something meaningful is when you have a leader or leaders who are like out in front running saying, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And they come up with great sounding values and great sounding mission statement. And say, here's, here's what we believe in. Um, and there are so there are simple, simple ways to include people in that process so that they feel they're contributing, that they are contributing to the process. And then you come out on the back end of that with a, a reset or a new established, you know, this is our, this is our vision, that these are our values, this is our purpose, or maybe it's just a slight little tweak and we're going to come out and announce this, but wherever they are in that process, how confident or, or not confident they, they feel in their existing values and, and mission, whatever they do next, make sure that they include everybody that's part of that organization. And, I, and I, it's funny because I see it happen more often in the small companies um, where there's only you know, three or four or five people that are involved in a business and the, the founder, owner, CEO, whatever, will roll out the plan or the, the ideology or the, the ethos of what, what it is that we are going to believe in. And these people are looking like, say, well, I, I don't remember you asking me you know, for my opinion on this. Totally. It's really important that we include them and, and it doesn't have to be extravagant. It can be very simple. And again, but um, sourced from the team versus told to the team. Yes. Such a vital, just so, so um, 
I read a study and we actually then saw it in play at a customer location. They, they turned their giving over to a committee that they created within the organization. And over the five years during that transition, the quantity of giving not only increased, not, the quantity of givers not only increased, but over the years, the number of dollars contributed also increased directly proportionate to the time when the employees were handed over the decision-making over where the money was going. And yeah. it's so, it's, it sounds intuitively correct to say, let it be of the people for the people. And yet, again, that becomes another one of those instances where it's like, okay, that's, that, that may appear to be an added layer of complexity that I want to avoid in order to get myself started. So I guess I think you'd agree with me in saying, don't let that be the reason you don't start, but don't let not doing that be the reason that you don't get the participation that you might want to get as well. Right. So, yeah, for sure. And there are, there are aspects, you know, you should never wordsmith by committee. You know, you, you, you should never, um, you, but, but a committee can easily you know, put um, 50 attributes on a whiteboard um, th there's a very simple activity. We call it the reality show where we bring together employees in a business um, in, in teams of about 20, put, set them in a circle, have them write down on a card um, uh, the names of three people. If we were to choose three people from our company, they don't have to be in that room at the moment, anyone from the company to appear on a reality show to represent how we want to be known to the world. Um, so we're going to choose people who best embody what we believe, what we want, what we want the world to see in us. Let's choose those people, write their names down. So they write the names down. And then after they've all got the names written down, okay, now write down words or attributes that made you choose them. What is it about those people? You know, I, they always have my back. They always do this. So they write things down. You go around, get every one of their comments on the board. Um, you say, thank you for coming. They go on about their day. And it's a, it's a, it's an incredibly, inclusive activity and it takes about 15 minutes. Yeah, that's awesome. Gets everyone in the entire organization um, on board with whatever, wherever this goes from here. And you, you can take that and distill it down. Um, I've got a white paper written on it that I'm happy to share with people if they connect with me on LinkedIn or whatever. Um, but uh, it's a very simple process and uh, it, it's, it's magical in terms of how people feel about the outcome um, as opposed to, to your point, it's not, told to you it uh it comes from the work that we did together right and what a great byproduct of the fact that a whole bunch of people within the organization get a whole bunch of affirmations from their coworkers about yeah. what they think about one another that's really cool like i i would be dying waiting for like okay well we're mine like <laughs> or worse yet like no i didn't get any oh my god like <laughs> We, we, we highly recommend that like in larger companies, especially this activity works great to, to be able to honor or highlight or reward in some way the top 10% of people yeah. that, whose names were mentioned the most on this activity. Right. right. Well, and, and then it's almost like crowdsourcing what the belief system of the organization is about itself by yeah. the, wor the yeah. words that are being repeated about the people that, yeah, that, that's really yes. starts to show some trends for sure. Yeah, and it does. And, and values, as you know, and as we all have read and, and heard about, values are discovered. They're not chosen or determined. Um, values are an embodiment of what it is that we collectively value, and that's the way they should be. 
Yeah. It shouldn't be written from an outsider's perspective in, and we should all aspire to live up to that. No, the values come from in. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's the whole purpose behind it. That's totally cool. All right. So let's, let's, let's play this out some. So they, they've done that. We've crowdsourced. We feel like we have an idea about whom it is we would like to assist. Mm-hmm. In your mind, is, is there a stew of like, what's the best mix of, is it, should we allow our people more so to volunteer their time? Should it be, we allow you to volunteer, you can make a contribution, but we match donations. Mm-hmm. Is it, um, we need to offer up some of our executive talent to the boards of directors of nonprofits in the area. Like, yeah. How do you come up with the stew that you think is the best mix for an organization who wants to make that journey? Yeah, and, and it's driven by the, the, the embodiment, what the people value inside the organization. I think one of the biggest trends that are coming, um, instead of companies being focused on hiring people that match their values, I believe that in the future, companies will evolve to embody the values of the people that are part of that company. And, and, and I, I know that it starts by attracting people to the, the company based on their purpose or mission. Um, but, but I believe that that's something that we're already seeing a major shift happening around. But to, to get to the heart of your question, um, it's different for every organization, for every company, every team of people. Uh, in a lot of larger companies, we see teams like departments that t- kind of take on their own personality, they have their own mission, their own purpose, and sometimes their own give back programs. And the ones that I see most often that are most powerful are the ones that don't in- include money, um, that, that don't require the company to feel like, well, the purpose is just to lay out more money and give, give more donations to everyone who asks. So um, I'll tell you, like in our case at Firespring, what we did is we, we ended up, um, we we built this thing called the power of three program. We've chosen three nonprofit organizations that we can make a deep impact on. Right. Um, and we support them in a deep way. It's not just like the annual $1,500, you know, check, you know, sent off in the mail. Uh, we work um, by, by giving time, uh, by, by giving in-kind products and services, by giving cash um, as part of our power of three program. Overall, we're committed to giving 1% of our top line revenue back to nonprofits, particularly those three, 2% of our products and services um, in kind. We give every nonprofit organization that we work with a discount. And so that's part of it. But most of it comes from those three nonprofits we're served, required to volunteer one full day every month for a nonprofit of their choice. So eight hours a month. Um, and it doesn't have to be one of the three that we designated, but that's where a lot of them fall. Um, and we want it to be a, a nonprofit or a cause that, that aligns with their personal values, not ours. You know, something that gets them excited to go do it. And if you do the math on one full day every month, it's a little more than 3% of the time over the course of a year. Yeah. And that component, the volunteer hours, has attracted more people to our company than anything else we've ever done. People know that when they come here, that we're paying them, essentially giving them paid time off to go volunteer for nonprofits in a way where they can make a really big impact. And they're, it, it's inspiring to our people. And we have so many great stories and, and, uh, and, and uh, we, we've made so many great strides 
internally by building uh, better teams and building our company culture around that one component of our power of three than anything else. And simplification around a more recognizable premise oftentimes is the beginning of organizational improvement because it creates a clarity that everyone can identify with in a way that they can realize, okay, like here's how I fit in to the overall picture of what's happening here. And to your point, if it becomes clear to me in the interview process that this is going to be a big part of what's going to happen when I work here, either I'm into that or I am not. Absolutely. (laughs) And if you're not, then what better way to realize like this is not somewhere I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. because this is not going to be comfortable for me or, oh my God, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be because this is totally comfortable to me, right? And that's what it's all about. It just has a way invariably of, of making that part of things simpler. And, you know, it goes back to that discussion of what we were saying, like people who, who espouse to move to this philosophy have a tendency to find their customers and their prospects and their employees that much more quickly and easily because of the clarity that that's been able to create. So uh, we won't belabor that point. So Jake, kind of, as we wrap it up here, you know, like you said, you've been, you've been uh, uh, either complimentary or crossing over into our space at some point or another frequently during the course of your career over there at Firespring. So we're always interested in kind of hearing like, A, what's your perception of the medium? And two, from a purpose perspective, how do you see uh, promotional products fitting into the purpose-driven side of things, if at all? You know, I, I, I see the, uh, the value of the promotional products industry. Um, I, I really see that the value is, is, is as high as it's ever been in my mind in the whole mix of um, things that a company can spend money on as it relates to um, creating identity brand and extending their brand out to the world. Um, there are so many aspects and so many parts of, of, of that business that make it possible to, um, to, to get, um, you know, a reminder um, of that, that top of mind awareness is so hard today um, the blips that we have in social media um, and, uh, um, and, and the, the number of images that we're consuming as an average human today because of the amount of time we spend on social media, whether it's on our phones or on our desktop, is like ridiculous. It's, you know, the numbers can continue to compound every year. But having um, physical items that you can, you, know, you can hold in your hand and you can hang on your wall or you can put on your desk um, I, I, I personally believe it's, it's more valuable in the mix now than it was 10 years ago than it was 20 years ago. Um, the problem is that as a lot of things in our world, um, the, the commodity nature of the business, you know, driving, it's like a race to the bottom for price. And that, that's the big challenge and the problem. So we've got to figure out ways to be more um, innovative and, and more thoughtful and intentional about how we can put things in front of people, businesses that will differentiate them truly and not just do what everyone else is doing. Um, and it, that sounds, you know, I can say that, I can say that sentence and it comes out really easily, but it's so hard to do. So hard. That's so right. Hard That's right. Well, and you know, uh, when you talk about added value, not just like annually, but quarterly, monthly, weekly, every day, we've got to figure, we've got to be innovative and come up with 
new and different ways to create and they need to evolve their business um, to be more purposeful um, and to exist more for their why are more likely to want to get that message and that brand out into the community you know, that they serve. So I think that the, this turn, this change in tide that we're seeing, um, but it's going to require that we, we, we think. Well, there you have it. Words of wisdom from the man himself. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that we there's many ways to differentiate, but certainly purpose is a very clear one to choose if that's the one that speaks to you. And, um, you know, like you said, there's this burgeoning movement of businesses, you know, the quantity and the pace of that is growing at such an exponential rate. You know, we're excited to see what kind of uh, 2020 will take us to and and what the future might hold for that. Uh, talk a little bit about the 2020 Do More Good. What, what, what can we anticipate for you guys in 2020 for our group if they want to consider participating? Well, thank you for asking about that. In 2020, uh, our, our corporate conference, where we're bringing together business leaders like we did this year, um, we have the, the co-founder of Conscious Capitalism, the co-founder of B-Labs, the, the woman who wrote the legislation for benefit corporation, uh, people from Patagonia that are coming in to talk about the, the early days of 1% to the planet. So it's the only conference that's ever been created where the, the founders of all of these different frameworks and uh, thought leaders behind the different ways to approach purpose and business are together in one place. So we're really excited about that. The next conference will be um, in Lincoln, Nebraska, the middle of everywhere, as we like to say. Um, in October of 2020, and you can find more at domoregood.com. Awesome. And then in the, in the nonprofit world, there will be more coming out. We're, we're still working on the final dates for our next conference for the nonprofit sector, but you can find more there at doconferences um, and separate them by the .com and the .org. You got it. All right. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's Jay from Firespring, B Corp superstar that he is. Thanks so much for coming in and spending some time talking to the promotional products community, Jay. We really appreciate it. My honor and pleasure. Thank you so much, Roger. You bet.